This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the award-winning podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. The USDA's Agriculture Marketing Service plays a very important role for blueberries and for agriculture in general. They administer programs that create domestic and international marketing opportunities for U.S. producers of food, fiber, and specialty crops. Bruce Summers currently serves as the administrator for AMS. In this position, he works on policy issues and oversight of a variety of programs, including grading of commodities, the USDA Market News Service, and the National Organic Program. Mr. Summers is a longtime employee of the Agriculture Marketing Service with more than 30 years of experience. Prior to being named to the administrator position, he served in the fruit and vegetable program area of the Agriculture Marketing Service, and that was where I got to know him first. He has a degree in agriculture economics from the University of Maryland, and I really appreciate the leadership and the work he's done over the years as I've gotten to know him there at AMS. Bruce, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me on the Business of Blueberries. Well, thanks, Casey. Looking forward to the conversation and uh, good seeing you again. Uh, I know we, we had a chance to see each other recently in Washington. We talked a lot there about kind of the things that you did, and that's what inspired the show. I thought few folks there got to meet you personally, but this is a great platform for a lot more people to get to know you and, and know what you do there at AMS, which, you know, has a lot to do with what we do at USHBC. So we're going to talk a lot more about AMS. But first, I thought, Bruce, you could talk a little bit about your background, what led you to your current position there at USDA. Well, you said it earlier, I've been here quite a while, right? I started at USDA right out of college. Thought I'd do this job for a couple of years till I figured out what I really wanted to do. And 38 years later, and it's been 38 years as of June this year, I'm still here. And I'm still here because you know, the work that we do at the Agricultural Marketing Service is, is really rewarding. Over my career, I've met thousands and thousands of people in the produce industry. I've traveled from Alaska to Puerto Rico, every state in between, really just working on agricultural marketing issues. And so uh, it, it's been a really rewarding career. And, you know, working with people in the produce industry, they're kind of special. They're kind of unique. There's something about that perishable product that has to move and, you know, very quickly to get to the market. And it just makes it different and exciting and dynamic. So uh, it's been a great career. I started out actually working in the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act program area, so PACA, or PACA, as some people call it. As an investigator, I did investigations all over the country, dealing with different types of fraud and, and things like that. And, you know, you could see the benefit to the producers from dealing with those issues, helping them, you know, get paid on time. It's just, again, just a really rewarding way to, to get to know the produce industry and all of the various issues. Well, and I appreciated the way I got introduced to you at USDA as someone that was there to help me understand USDA. And so a conduit to the programs, the depth at which I think you're talking about USDA being responsible for, because at that point in my career, I, I, I didn't realize how many 
ways and directions that uh, USDA, let alone AMS, was responsible for. And so having someone like you there at the department at the time uh, was really pivotal for me in my role in my career and has been great to kind of watch your you know, career ascend to the administrator position there at AMS. So uh, yeah, quite a storied tenure there with that organization. And obviously, you know a lot about AMS and its relationship to programs like USHBC. So I thought we would start there. I thought we'd talk a little bit about AMS and, and your perspective on how it relates to an organization, the research and promotion organizations like USHBC. Yeah, sure, Casey. You know, AMS does a lot of different things. All the grading activity at USDA, we do that at AMS. We do the USDA market news reports. And, and really, one of the other cornerstones of AMS is the research and promotion programs. Uh, AMS oversees 22 research and promotion programs, one of those being for blueberries. And really, I think the important aspect to remember about really most of what AMS does, but certainly research and promotion. Research and promotion programs come together because the industry, in this case the blueberry sector, asks for it. There's a proponent group from the industry that comes to USDA and says, hey, we think we need this and we want it to address marketing issues or, or maybe nutrition claims and things like that. So, you know, all research and promotion programs start with a proponent group from that industry sector. And once that is put together and then, uh, you know, there's a referendum or a vote and, and the producers have a chance to vote and we're generally looking for a super majority before we start a new research and promotion program. So I think that foundation is, establishes that partnership between AMS and in this case, we're talking about blueberries as we start to work together to promote blueberries domestically, internationally, as we work together to do uh, research, especially right now on things like nutrition claims and benefits of eating that healthy diet like the, the blueberries and their antioxidants. So uh, that, that relationship really fostered right from the beginning. And then you know, we can kind of roll with a, an innovative research and promotion program that meets the needs of the industry. Yeah, it's amazing how far it then reaches, I, you know, and I know these aren't easy to get started and having been in the floral industry, you know, for the years that I was there and how many times they've toiled over, you know, whether or not the now is the time or if it was going to be something that could, you know, take place. Like it's not an automatic process at AMS that these things just get started. Like you're saying, it takes a super majority, a group of the willing, and just a lot of effort uh, to make something like this become the institution, at least on the blueberry side, that it's become for the industry. You know, I guess what I'm saying is not to be taken for granted. Uh, not every industry's got one. It takes a lot of work and, and AMS, you know, guides us through the process on how to get it done and then oversees it once it's done. And so it is remarkable that in some ways there's only 22 and in other ways it's being on the other end of the coin, amazing that we have 22, but uh, really interesting to have this opportunity in the U.S. for organizations like the USHBC to be even possible. Yeah, really unique is the right word, Casey. You know, there's not really outside of agriculture that this business model, right, this partnership between government and, and the private sector. USDA, we're very comfortable with those kind of partnerships, right? That's kind of the foundation of USDA. That's why Abraham Lincoln called it the People's Department, right? Because through cooperative research and extension, you know, that, that partnership has always been a, a legacy of USDA and research and promotion programs are just another way to extend that, that cooperative relationship between government programs and benefits to the farm and, and not just the farm, but also processors and other ag businesses that are buying and selling and moving blueberries. 
Well, we have a lot more to cover, but it's time for our crop report. We have regions throughout North America harvesting every week this time of year. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Alan Schreiber in Washington, Brody Schropp in Michigan, Jason Smith in British Columbia, Jody McPherson in North Carolina, Elise Oliver in California, Mario Ramirez in Mexico, and Matt McCree in New Jersey. This was recorded on July 5th, 2023. In eastern Washington, Duke Harvest is wrapping up this week, and Draper Harvest has started or is starting, depending on your location. Labor has been surprisingly adequate. There's a big cherry crop competing for labor, but apparently uh, labor is doing well. Harvest has started in southwest Washington. The fresh harvest in northwest Washington starts this week, although it's going to be a pretty small level. The crop in eastern Washington has been great in terms of value. I hear rumblings that demand isn't what it was. Western Washington, the projection of yield is mixed. Some growers saying that they have above average yield. Uh, Other growers are saying it's below average. So somewhere between pollination and harvest in Western Washington, the yield is not going to be quite uh, as high as expected. Hey, this is Brody from MBG for Michigan. Things are looking good around here as we're really starting to click into our early season crops with uh, with Duke picks kind of first first ones happening now and then our uh, second picks going to be happening shortly. Looks like for a lot of growers, we'll be doing our second pick Duke before our first pick blue crop as our mid-season is tailing a little bit comparatively to, to years prior. But right now, there's a lot of optimism around as labor seems to be adequate and a uh, crop seems to be so good quality so far. And that's all I got. Thank you very much. Hi, it's uh, Jason Smith reporting for British Columbia. Some similar comments to what Alan said. Seems like uh, Duke isn't quite what it uh, looked like it was going to be during the bloom period. And there's been some recent discussion about uh, potential sizing. But the small amount of had harvest started, uh, started this past weekend. You know, the machines I don't think will be going in for another week or week to 10 days and in some of the earliest areas in the Eastern Valley, Middle Valley, I don't see myself starting my machine for probably two weeks or maybe even longer. We're, we're just barely, barely getting going here. So um, my comments will probably be a bit different uh, next week about where we're at with harvest. So thank you. That's my report. Hey, uh, good day. This is Jody McPherson giving the crop report for the state of North Carolina. This will probably be the, the last uh, report. Growers are finishing up. Rabbit eye, late rabbit eye variety, powder blue. Probably will finish uh, harvest by the end of this week for fresh pack. And uh, third round, second, third round will probably go process. That's it for my report. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Elise Oliver with the California Blueberry Commission here to give the weekly blueberry report. Um, In California, our season is is wrapping up now. Over the weekend, we had temperatures up to 111 degrees. So that 
has definitely had an impact on the crop and um, kind of concluding the season. I think that we will hit our projections of our 42 million pounds uh, fresh and our 16 million pounds processed for a total of 58 million pounds. And yeah, that's the report for California. Hello, everyone. Here, Mario, with the Mexican Blueberries Report for week 26 from June 25 to July 1st. We are to three weeks to finish the season. So as I told you last week, the volumes are getting down. Um, this week, the volume is 14% lower than previous week. And the total volume exported was 1,367,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to all the world. And from that volume, 96% went to North America. It is 1,320,000 pounds. And from this volume exported to the United States, 180,000 pounds was organic blueberries. It's 14% of the total United States exportation of Mexican blueberries. In frozen blueberries, the volume is 75%, more respecting week 25. The volume is 64,000 pounds, and this volume represents only 2% of the total United States importation for frozen blueberries. In weather, the rains are irregular, and we expecting that in a couple of weeks, there will be heavy storms, but that will not affect because the, the season is already finishing. There could be some volumes going to the United States, but it will be lower. That's all in my report. Thank you very much. i see you next week. Good afternoon. This is Matt McCree reporting for New Jersey. Uh, we are in our peak week here for volume in New Jersey. We've had for the past week thunderstorms often off and on. Temperatures are in the mid 80s to 90s, which is making this thunderstorms pop up more frequently here. We're battling some of the blue crop that are not looking so good quality wise, which is making a lot of farmers, you know, pick for process. After this week, I guess we'll start tailing off. A lot of smaller farms will be done in the area, and three larger farms are going to be picking first pick a draper by the end of this week and maybe second round by the end or to mid next week. I'm still waiting to talk to a couple of the guys that sit on the board with me and uh, see what their thoughts are. So maybe by next Wednesday, I should have some kind of update on that. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry, including USDA shipping price and movement, coincidentally the subject of this episode, retail category performance, retail sales reports, and much, much more. Make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Okay, well, let's get back to today's episode with USDA AMS Administrator Bruce Summers, where we're talking about things like the USDA shipping price and movement reports. You know, part of what the responsibility of the organization is to be representative of the dollars that are being, you know, assessed by those stakeholders who are participating in the RMP program. But yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about how that structure gets overseen by AMS and the board makeup and, and the responsibility that AMS has to ensuring that, you know, we have, you know, representative governance. Yeah, that's a great point, Casey. Uh, AMS and USDA appoint board members. The board members are all volunteers, all from the industry, from the blueberry sector in this case. And they play a really important role because, you know, as we're collecting these assessments, once we create an RMP program, we're collecting these assessments 
We need the good decisions to be made. We need those good stewards of the resources, in the case dollars, to make sure that money is being spent in a way that really furthers the interests of the entire sector. And no better way to do that than a board made up of individuals from the blueberry world, making sure that the board is making investments in research on the right things, doing the right type of research, and just, again, being good stewards of the resources. And so we are really appreciative of all the board members who, again, are willing to volunteer their time, step away from their business. And sometimes that's a considerable time investment and make sure that these programs are being run in the best interest of the greater good of the, the blueberry sector. That's right. I really appreciate that part of the process. Uh, one, it elevates the value of what these programs represent to agriculture generally. And two, it's a unique opportunity for you to be recognized by any administration. You know, if you're a grower who's been appointed by the Secretary of Agriculture, that's, that's quite an honor. And I, and I reiterate that when we do our onboarding of board members that uh, how unique this is, you know, having been in the Chamber of Commerce world in my beginning of my career to the point where now the Secretary is appointing the board members is a really impressive part of how this program is operated. So that's certainly something that uh, I see as a great value back to the industry and, and a part that AMSA plays that you obviously have a big hand in helping us orchestrate those elections every year and making sure that people who are interested in serving have the opportunity to serve. We don't actually have an election cycle this year. Uh, we're getting ready for one for next year, but uh, a really important process and, and one that you guys oversee. Uh, so we thank you for that. Let's talk a little bit about the future from your perspective, Bruce. You know, AMS Market News is a part of AMS that isn't just for blueberries, but we use a big part of that Market News program for blueberries. It's been an indexing of sorts over time for us. And I know you had talked a bit about how that part of the program is changing. So I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about what it is that is changing over at AMS Market News and what does that future look like from your perspective? The biggest thing I think the way to characterize it is to say you know, USDA AMS Market News is modernizing. We have a lot of data and we make that data available over the internet for free, 24 hours, seven days a week, right? But we're, we're trying to build better systems to make sure that everyone can get that data in the format they need so they can, they can work and use that data however they want to improve their business. You know, we, we recently announced an app. So now you can get all of everything you see on the USDA Market News website is available on your computer or your, your phone now. And, and that's been really popular. We've seen a lot of folks sign up for that app. Uh, it's just more convenient. We are in the last stages of building a new search engine for the market news data. That should be live for the special crop sector by December. Uh, and, and that will make it much easier for users to get in, get big tranches of data, and then sort through that data and use it the way they see fit. Market news is really a, you know, a key program. Like so many programs in AMS, it's also voluntary. It's another partnership. We rely on blueberry shippers and wholesalers and, and folks in different stages in the marketplace to give us the information so that we can aggregate it so that we don't give out anybody's proprietary information. And then the whole marketplace has insight into the volumes that are moving, where blueberries are coming from in the world, since it's now an international market for blueberries, what the prices are and what the quality is. But that's all data that's given to us voluntarily for us to put back out in the form of reports. We are always listening and use this podcast as an opportunity to make a little advertisement. 
if our stakeholders would like to see more information or information in a different way or more often, you know, this data is being provided to be used by the industry. So once we collect it, we'd love to hear feedback from our stakeholders on how best we can distribute that in a way that's most helpful to them. So that door is always open. That conversation we're ready to have because we just want to make sure that this data is available for anybody who wants to use it. Well, and we use it. And one of the things I say on this podcast week in and week out is to check out our data and insight center where we have the USDA market news reports. And so we repopulate what you're doing and put it into our format as a dashboard for our industry to kind of get at quickly. So I, I think it's great to hear that there's some modernization. I think part of what we were doing at USHBC was kind of scrubbing that data so that it was easier for, you know, just anybody to see at a glance rather than having to log in and, and pull down the Excel spreadsheets and orient themselves around that process, plus trying to get that data. So, you know, I think there's probably groups like ours who have taken that opportunity to to leverage the data and the work that AMS is doing. But it sounds like, you know, you're modernizing also. And so the whether it's the apps or it's the way that the dashboard appears for blueberries on the on the AMS website is changing. Yeah. And again, we are wide open to making improvements based on feedback from our stakeholders. You know, we always at the same time have to make that pitch and encourage folks to be willing to provide us that data. Because that's the only way market news exists in the special crop world is if people volunteer to talk to our reporters. Usually it's over the phone. Sometimes if you're on a market, they'll come by and visit with you. But uh, we rely 100% on voluntary contributions to that data set. You know, the more information we have, the more robust the data set can be. But uh, you know, we are completely dependent on that kind of cooperation. Again, it's another AMS industry partnership to make the program work. Yeah. When I, when I talk about the, the census uh, that gets done, we say the same thing. We, we jump in to try and you know, provide communication on why it's important to complete the census over at NAS. And the same is true. This is a, a daily exercise by AMS to collect this information and the importance of it being reflected accurately back to the industry with what's been collected. So, I mean, we're committed to the data collection aspect. Generally, it's part of our strategic initiative. And so, you know, the ways in which you see or your team sees that the council can be a part of the future direction of the market news program is certainly something we would look forward to being more and more a part of, because I think how, how important obtaining better data is for our industry, uh, not just in the production, but obviously, you know, being able to see how that production number marries up against actual retail data. Bruce, before I let you go, you know, I want to talk about the future for AMS. You've been there as the administrator now through two administrations. And I, I understand, you know, even some restructuring has gone on, not just at AMS, but USDA generally. So it's growing. Uh, you went through a massive transition during the pandemic, both in program dollars and staffing. And so I thought I would ask you, you know, where is AMS going next? How do you see the future growing for AMS? after you know such a significant couple of years yeah it has been a significant couple of years and growing it has really been an exciting time and challenging time for a lot of different reasons i think casey when you look to the future i think you can kind of start to see the trends coming the first one i talk about and we haven't talked about yet today was ams buys a lot of food we buy food for school lunches we buy food for the emergency feeding program we buy food for U.S. aid, you know, countries around the world when there's famine. But that food procurement part of AMS is really growing rapidly. 
not just in volume, but also in the number of products we buy. And we're buying a lot more fresh produce now than ever before. And the reasons are easy. It's healthy. The supply chain has gotten better, kind of post-harvest, at handling perishable goods. So we're able to buy this fresh fruit and fresh vegetables, get it to recipients that are really need that healthy food in a timely manner. And so what we're really seeing is a tremendous expansion in our food procurement side of AMS. And I think that's a trend that just continues to grow. I'd also say on, on the organic side, and we have a number of organic blueberry producers out there too, but the organic marketplace continues to grow. AMS's uh, role in administering the National Organic Program continues to evolve. You know, we've, we've recently announced a new regulatory program called Strengthening Organic Enforcement, which I think is really going to help with some of the issues that we've seen with imports coming into the country that at times were suspect and at other times we were able to document fraud. So I think strengthening organic enforcement is an important tool to help protect that integrity of the organic seal. But also you see programs just in the last few months that we've announced to help farmers transition to organic if they want to and make that process a little easier. It's already a long process, it's three years. And again, organics is really just another way for producers to meet demand that you're seeing at retail. It oftentimes come with a premium, so oftentimes it can be a, a, a nice addition to producers' you know, revenue. So I think organics is, is still growing. And then, you know, we're not going away on things like market news. We're not going away on our grading programs. You know, we're working every day with the folks at FDA on the food safety issues and, and our gap audit programs on the farm. So the role at AMS, it, it keeps evolving, it keeps growing, but there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, we try to make sure that we're just meeting the needs of our stakeholders. And that's why it's so important that we get out and visit and have conversations with the council and all the other councils out there, different boards, so we can make sure we're giving those services that folks need so they can market their crops. Well, Bruce, I, you know, one thing we haven't talked about is your, your background in PACA and maybe how, if anything, is changing over there from an AMS perspective. Yeah, so that, that's my first home at USDA, at Parish by Agricultural Kamaya's Act. And, and what an important program that has been over the decades. Again, another user fee funded program, not so much voluntary, but it's funded by the industry. There aren't too many industries that have the foresight to uh, establish a regulatory program and then agree to pay for it themselves because they want to make sure that the you know, produce industry is made up of good actors. Whenever I talk about PACA, you have to mention and make sure everybody's protecting themselves. Produce industry has one of the most important tools for them to use that other parts of the economy would love to have, but the statutory trust provisions of the Parish Agriculture Commodities Act give sellers, producers, and processors the ability to preserve their trust rights so that if their buyer goes out of business or bankrupt, they will be the first in line to get paid from that customer's assets. And so it's so important that if you're selling blueberries, that you check and make sure if you're licensed under PACA, that you've got that wording on your invoices that says these commodities are covered by the statutory trust. Because if you've got that on your invoice, and you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but you have a buyer that goes default, Congress says you're entitled to be paid first. You have rights that the courts have upheld over decades now. So it's just such an important tool. I hate to not have a conversation with 
anybody in the produce industry without just to say double check make sure your insurance is paid up and this is the closest thing to insurance we have in the produce industry so just have to flag that every time we have a chance to talk well we're glad you're there for him and we're glad you're there to help us figure that out and uh, we'll have you back on the show bruce there's always things happening over there uh, that i know people care about and i just think it's important that they know that there is a, a person like yourself responsible for it i know they've met other members of your team but I really appreciate your leadership and your time today. So thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Appreciated the opportunity we had here with with Bruce. He has really been a civil servant of significance for me and my career, and certainly, I think, for our country. And uh, it's great to have him on the show. Great to hear, you know, how AMS is moving from his vantage point the leadership he's brought to that position since he's been there and just a great conversation with a great person who's doing a great job for us. So that's it for episode 141. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.